Welcome to Pardon the Intermission, a podcast that takes a look at movies, TV, and all things entertainment from the past, the present, and the future. Remember to subscribe and like the podcast and give a review. This helps out the podcast and is greatly appreciated. Now on to the show. Yes, hey everyone, welcome to Pardon the Intermission. I'm Eric. And I'm Jason. And we hope you're all doing great out there. Yep, glad to be back with you for another episode of Pardon the Intermission, where we talk about TV, movies, pop culture, we geek out on just about everything, and uh, hope you guys enjoy it just as much as we enjoy talking about it. Hey, and you also, uh, uh, real quick here before we get started, you uh, you said we had some interaction here on our uh, social media that you yes. wanted to bring up. Yes, as you guys already know, we are active on social media. We have a Facebook page, you can find us at Pardon the intermission and then we're also on twitter at pti underscore podcast but we had some recommendations for some possible movies to talk about Mm. on our facebook page What, what were they so alan one of our listeners chimed in and suggested that we talk about something called the human centipede trilogy oh interesting have you heard of that before i have never heard of the human centipede i trilogy. have never heard of it either but google is a wonderful thing <laughs> so when i get home i'm gonna type that bad boy into google and find out what it is we heard of it now though <laughs> yes. uh, wait didn't didn't alan also say you guys are the best ever uh i cannot believe i've lived my whole life uh not listening to the show until now um i hope Oh, did he say all that? No, sorry. Wrong. I'm, I'm making all that up, but wrong. I, Alan, was ho- I was hoping Alan said that. Alan actually said, "Fair warning: they each get progressively disturbing. It's like watching a train wreck." <laughs> oh wait, is he talking about the show? Or is he talking about us? He's, no, he's talking about the movies that he's recommending. <laughs> yeah, he's talking he about our podcast. Talking about us. <laughs> talking about our podcast. Alan, here, if wait. you really hate our podcast that much, feel free to click end. <laughs> All right. No, oh I think he's talking. I think he's talking about the movies. Okay. Okay. So, but they, at get, any rate, they get progressively worse. worse. He says, "Yes." Oh my it's like, gosh, I would I'm imagine. Scared. I would imagine they probably make Sharknado look like the Star Wars trilogy. <laughs> <laughs> but at any rate, and then another one of our listeners, Cheryl, chimed in. She suggested mm. that we talk about a movie called Shockwaves, which is mm. a disaster movie about a family trying to find refuge from a massive earthquake that has Ooh. hit a city. Wow. So that kind of harkens back to the days when the '70s had all these disasters movies like The Tower and Inferno and Earthquake with Charlton Heston. Yeah, yeah. So that would be kind of interesting. So, Alan and Cheryl, thank you so much for leaving your comments. Yeah, thanks for that. We're going to we'll check these yeah, out. Yeah, we'll check them out and then when we're done, we'll Shockwaves. we'll either give them our our two thumbs down or our two thumbs up reviews. So, yeah, keep listening and by all means, for those of you continue to follow us. And if you have suggestions for stuff that you yeah. want us to talk about, throw it in there and we'll do what we can to talk about it. Yeah, great. Hey, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah thank that's you wonderful. guys. Thank you, Alan and Cheryl, yeah. for the suggestions. Hey, we wanted to, uh, I asked you uh, earlier, we have both seen it now. If you saw the new Flash trailer yes. coming yes. out. Yes, yes, yes. What What were your uh, thoughts on that? Well, can I... <sighs> Okay, can I can I ask can I can I say something here? Not ask you a question. Can Please. I say something here? Can I make a statement here? Just spit it out. I'm just I'm just so <laughs> choked up. Okay, I think this is this is going to be the best Batman movie ever oh, with the Flash yeah. in it. That's what I think from right? this trailer. Right? Okay, what what do you think? I'm sorry to interrupt. Okay. What do you think? No, no. First of all, I'm glad you interrupted because you pretty much echoed the, my sentiments. For me, especially because the Flash and Batman are two of my favorite comic book characters of all time, mm. and I have wanted a solid Flash movie for a long time. And the reason this is going to really satisfy me on two levels, not only because a, I like Flash and the Batman a lot, but Michael Keaton is coming back in his as role as Batman. Batman. I'm Batman I'm slash Batman. Bruce Wayne. Now, for those of you who don't know, 
The Flash is going. The plot of the movie centers around uh, Barry Allen, aka the Flash, going back in time to find out who killed his mom and then to save his mother. Okay. This centers around the whole plot line of comic books that take place in a multi in a DC type multiverse called the Flash the Flashpoint series. Okay. And what Barry does is by going back in time to try and find out who killed his mom and prevent her death, he actually destroys the space time continuum. Mm, and so not only will my yeah, well, hey, you know, when bleep happens. Yeah. Uh, so not only is Michael Keaton's Batman going to be in this, but Ben Affleck's Batman will love him or hate him. Ben Affleck's uh, Batman will be in it as well. I, I don't but, like him. But Eric, I saw the, the most recent extended teaser that was released on Wednesday or Thursday, I think it was, and yeah. I loved it. I fell really? in love with it. We got more footage of Michael Keaton as Batman. Yeah. We got more footage of uh, the Batwing, which we saw in the first Batman film directed mm. by Tim Burton. It's I think it's going to be phenomenal. And to even make me more insatiable for the movie, all of the pre-screening reviews for The Flash have been phenomenal. They have been phenomenal. Now, now, yeah, and you know, and that really surprised me. Now, this movie has had a lot of problems coming out. It and has. the lead actor in it, not Michael Keaton, has had a lot of problems. Ezra uh, Miller. Also, yeah, mm-hmm. also himself. Yep. You know, and, and, and that, that's that's where I'm conflicted. You know, I'm, I'm kind of okay. tired of the... I will say this. I'm conflicted just because I'm tired of the rewarding bad behavior type thing almost. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, right. But, you know, right. they know... Uh, maybe that's why it took so long to get out because they probably had edited... Re-edited, re-re-re-edited mm-hmm. this thing. So they knew yes. that they had to basically put. I mean, this is a Batman movie from what it looks yeah. like in the trailer, or they're fooling us. But at least from the trailer, it looks like it's a Batman movie, yeah. and they know they had to do it to bring the fans in yeah. because I think with all of uh, Ezra Miller's uh, personal issues, right? You know, it, it that was going to be a cluster. So and Supergirl is going to be in it. Well, that's the other thing. Now and they Henry have Henry Cavill. Superman will be in it too. And oh, so Henry Cavill will be in it. He will make a cameo in this movie. Wow. See, yeah. Now the super that's interesting because I was talking to somebody about that and I go okay so Zod is in it Zod which is, is it. what who's the yeah. actor that plays him I can't think of his name Michael right now Michael Shannon Michael Shannon is is going to be Zod yeah and then I was like and and uh, uh, but he goes yeah but Superman's not in it and I go no it's Supergirl right so that so this guy like totally yep. destroys the timeline yeah um, this is going to be I I think it will be a phenomenal movie I'm I'm really I'm kind of excited about it. like I said I hate rewarding bad behavior but it's like i can't help it and seeing those michael keaton scenes right let's get nuts what let's did he say nuts. <laughs> he said you want to get nuts let's you get nuts, nuts. Yeah. And, and let's I'm face like, it oh my gosh are you kidding me right and let's face it dc has done this to us before they've given us uh, some phenomenal teasers and they yeah. have left us coming out craving a lot better and a lot more so crying God, our eyes out dc i'm giving you one last chance do not <laughs> let me down but everything i've seen so far tells me that yes eric this will be epic this will be phenomenal and i'm going to be extremely looking forward to this movie i will be going to the theater to see it in june i'm not going to wait for this scene this sucker to stream i'm actually going to go to a theater the way we used to watch movies back in the day yeah yeah i might i might check this one out in the theater too we'll we'll have to go together i might have to i you know uh uh, i might have to get my daughter you know the thing thing is like my daughter doesn't know any of these really movies like you know the michael keaton batman and all that so i might have to get her to watch that and then to get so she'll know who these characters are yeah yeah just to go see it 
Yeah, um, yeah I do want to see this one. Man, I'm just, I'm so conflicted. It's like, oh, Ezra Miller, why did you have to? You know, and I got to be honest with you, when I saw him in uh, uh, in the uh, Justice League or whatever that does, that I, mm-hmm. I didn't like him. I didn't like yeah. him as Flash. He's not my favorite Flash character or actor to play Flash, put yeah, it that way. Yeah, and you know, I was, I was not dead set against him being um i wasn't convinced about him being cast as flash either not because of his personal issues not yeah, because just, just the way the character yeah just because in the comic book you know barry allen is a young guy and he's cocky and he's egotistical but he's not as young and scrawny as ezra miller is you know ezra miller he, he d- d- doesn't seem he, he doesn't seem like he's not a doofus right uh, can we use that word as that PC? <laughs> right. He's not a doofus, but I think the well, way that not. Ezra Miller, the way they had him play it, I'm not blaming it on Ezra, but I mean, right. the way that, the way that he played it was kind of a doofusy. He was a lot more eccentric than yeah. the comic book character was. The mm-hmm. comic book character was kind of a wisecrack, and he would, you know, had his moments where he was a little bit aloof, but he wasn't yeah. as eccentric as Ezra Miller's interpretation of him was. And that's why I didn't like the casting was because I just didn't see from both a physical standpoint and from a character standpoint, how he how he could have portrayed the Flash. And look, I understand that they always try and go for different versions when they're, yeah, you know... Everybody which, has which, their vision. Yeah, I understand. But still, I mean, Ezra Miller, yeah. So I'm kind of hoping that maybe... Uh, and because we're going to see different versions of him in this movie as well, because we'll see different versions of the Flash in this movie, I'm kind of hoping that maybe he'll be able to l- add some extra layers and dimension that made the character so unique in the comic books. Yeah. So yeah, but I'm I'm excited. I'm geeked, and uh, we're, I'm looking forward to June. <laughs> yeah, yeah, me too, me too. I think I I, I am going to go watch this one. Yeah, cool. I, just because of Michael Keaton. Well, yeah, me too. I That's, mean, really, yeah. Yeah, there's there, there's no other reason. I mean, if he's in this movie for like five minutes. Yeah, I mean, popcorn's going to be flying all over the theater. I'm going to be very upset. <laughs> You're going to be throwing popcorn if, if they, into the if they speed only, force. If they showed basically all the scenes that yes. Michael Keaton's in is in the trailer. If, if basically yep. that was the whole Mike experience, Michael Keaton Batman experience, I'm going to be upset. Well, he already got it because he was supposed to be in that Batgirl movie mm-hmm. that basically got pulled by yep. uh, Warner Brothers. Yeah. Uh, he was supposed to be in that too. In the end of that, right? There was a yep. little cameo in that, so you know yep. he, he he got pulled out of that. I yeah. mean, it wasn't you know it wasn't his fault, obviously, but. Um, yeah, he he said from what I understood, he was pretty pretty excited about being able to put on uh, the bat suit again. Yeah, uh, and, and, and and get in there because it's yeah. all it's all going to be like the older look of yeah. the the look of the universe of the, the Tim Burton Batman that we're used to seeing. Right? Yeah, yeah, and you know when Michael when you know Michael Keaton the last time he portrayed Batman was in Batman Returns, which came out in um, in nineteen ninety two, I believe. That was the one with Danny DeVito as the Penguin the and penguin. Michelle Pfeiffer as the Catwoman. Yeah. And, um, you know, he... Probably the best Catwoman. Oh, easily, hands down, the best Catwoman. Not just because she looked great in that suit either. But, um, But, you know, he... When when Batman Forever came out and Val Kilmer was cast in Batman Forever, that was when this when the movie started to become really really campy. And Michael mm. Keaton admitted in subsequent interviews about being Batman over the years that hey, you know one of the reasons why I didn't come back and play Batman was because I saw the direction that Joel Schumacher wanted to go with the character and I didn't agree with it. Mm. I like the other version, so I'm glad to see that Michael Keaton was able to get back in and kind of redeem the character in a way. Yeah, especially since we've seen so many different iterations of. Of him over the years that haven't really been overly impressive. I mean, George Clooney's Batman was so bad that George Clooney won't even mutter his version of Batman <laughs> out there. He won't even acknowledge that he Batman was Batman. Right. Hey, Freeze, I'm Batman. You yeah. know, and then Ben Affleck, of course. I, I think George Clooney was a bad yeah. choice. And, you know, it's funny because uh, uh, I remember listening to Val Kilmer talk about that, and he was, he was saying... Uh, 
that you know the reason that he just left uh, Batman that he didn't want to go back. They wanted him to go back and do it, but he said the role. It's like basically you're just a stick figure in the movie. Like all the other characters yeah. and the villains get to have the fun, and you know Batman is just a stick figure. Goes in, in, in the outfit. You can't barely move as it is, and it, yeah. you know it, it was a terrible experience for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, playing Batman, which is sad, you know. I mean, you think yeah. Batman would be one of the best characters ever yeah. to play, and he's one of my favorite uh, superheroes. And, and I also think Eric, with this movie, uh, and I might be wrong, but I think there, I think DC is also going to try and use the Flash to kind of reset the DCEU to some extent. To the uh, to, to the, James Gunn's to DCEU. James Gunn's verse, yeah, because universe, yeah, because this will take place during when Barry is in the Speed Force, going mm. back in time and. And completely destroying the timeline, that's kind of a clever way to reset the DCEU in, in yeah. some ways to kind of make us forget about all of the garbage that has happened in the DCEU. The way it was completely mismanaged by Jeff Johns and Walter Hamada. James Gunn comes on board, and so now they're putting their faith in him. So I think this is kind of a good way. If it, if that if that's what this movie is also going to do is yeah. help restart the DCEU, then hey, I'm all for it. Let's let's do it. Maybe that's another maybe that's another reason that they they had they took so yeah. long with this movie to release it is because of that because they knew yeah. they were going in this direction in, in a different direction. Right. The only other bad thing, see that there, there's two things that are that this thing does have, like you're saying. One is the reset. Yes. And two is Michael Keaton because yeah. other than that, there's really no draw because you know that the dc is a different universe going forward now yeah there are all these characters we know are not in the the dc i mean aquaman's gonna get squashed man i don't even know if anybody's gonna go and see this this next aquaman because they know that jason momo is not gonna be aquaman anymore i mean i'm sure it's gonna be all different we're gonna have new superman we're gonna have new uh, new wonder it's gonna be a whole different feel whole new ball of wax so so so, yeah yeah. so i feel bad for aquaman that movie's probably not gonna do well the only thing this really has going for it is the michael keaton pool yeah um so whoever put him in there originally is a genius because uh you know well, uh, the director of the movie is a guy named Andy Muschietti, and Andy Muschietti is the guy who did um, the the remakes, not the remakes, but the reboot or the the different movie versions of Stephen King's It. Because oh, know, okay, okay, yeah, yeah, which were actually very quality quality horror films. Mm. So Muschietti is uh, is directing this one. So I would imagine that um, you know he obviously, I'm sure, put his own level of creativity into it. But I was I would imagine that he had to stick to a certain uh, criteria in making this because, you know, the, the, the Flashpoint storylines in the comic books is a very complicated and um, a very intriguing storyline, mm. in the comics at least. So it's, it'll be interesting to see how much of that comic story they extract and put into the movie. That's what I was just—I was just going to ask you that yeah. if you—if you think it was going to go along with the books or if they're kind of going a whole new direction. I think it'll be based off the 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 books, but I also think that uh, because they can't tell everything <laughs> in the Flashpoint storyline. They should have just. They should have just. You know. Well, since this was kind of the last until the new DC or until the new Gun DC version comes out, yeah. they should have just threw the kitchen sink in there and just should have did all the characters. Bring in Gal Gadot. Bring in Linda Carter. Right. Bring in you know uh, Cavill. Uh, bring in uh, what was the other guy? Brandon that played a uh, Brandon uh, Ralph that played Superman at one point. You right. know, just exactly. bring bring all these characters and just throw everybody in there. They're all mixed up at different times. Right. Exactly. You know, all the, exactly. Uh, the I wish it. Balcom would be fun to see him. I mean, he's not in a position to get suited up, but right. it would be fun to see him in there with George Clooney too. And, oh man, right? Oh, what's his name? Uh, McConnell that played Robin, Chris uh, O'Donnell. Oh, Chris O'Donnell. Sorry, Chris O'Donnell that played Robin. Yeah. yeah. 
And I'll, I'll, James Carey is the Riddler again. Uh, oh, man. <laughs> Mr. Freeze. Arnold Schwarzenegger Mr. is Mr. Freeze. Yeah. I, I don't know, man. Freeze. They should have just threw them all in there. But anyway, I'm excited about Michael Keaton. So Yeah, I am too. Hey, uh, we got some bad news uh, this week also. Oh, um, yes. Uh, unfortunately, uh, a kind of a TV icon of uh, <laughs> flying chairs and uh, paternity suits. Right. Uh, Jerry Springer uh, passed away at 79. Yes, he did. Uh, you know, it's kind of an interesting that I was kind of thinking about that, you know, not when I saw this story, just, uh, um, you know, that era of television, because that really kind yeah. of broke out. It wasn't really, we wouldn't call it reality TV as we know it, but it was right. kind of the first beginnings, his show of what we would have considered more along those lines of reality TV. Yeah. You know, you had a lot of talk shows at that time yeah. that were very, uh, you know, very proper people sitting down, even if they argued, you know, things got heated, but nothing ever happened. Yeah. Jerry Springer, I mean, it's kind of one of those deals. I think once they saw the ratings, like something happened by accident. I think it was even by accident. Like when, you know, we talk about that chair throw, like there's a, a yeah. chair throwing incident. People got upset. Yeah. And, uh, uh, they threw a chair on one of the episodes. It was like some family paternity issue or something like, you're not the, you're not my dad or that's right. not your son or I don't know. You're not your kid. And, and that kind of kicked this whole genre off after that. I mean, the ratings went through the roof and they said, let's just have more of this. And so he was around, Jerry Springer, so he kind of kicked it off on his show. I do remember his show was very, very just low-key in the beginning. I don't know if you remember that. Do you remember watching it? I do. I used to watch Jerry Springer every day when I came home from school. Yeah. Oh, that's right. It was on like after that, right? Like at yeah. 3 or 4 o'clock like or between something. between 3 and 4 o'clock it would yeah. air. Yeah. And, and, you know, I, Eric, I feel bad in saying this, but Jerry Springer is the one who exposed me to KKK members, Ku Klux Klan members, oh, who make right. love to huh. their pets. And to the mother who married her son's illegitimate brother, who is now suing the husband of the mother for wrongful termination or whatever. And yeah, then, yeah. of course, obviously, we saw so many chairs fly back and forth at, at, or at participants on that stage that they probably had a, a hefty warranty policy in place well, for all their furniture. Well, it's funny because, well, you know, it's, it's funny you said, like, like I just mentioned earlier, I mean, you know, his show was not that. And it, one, right. once they had like that first chair, that first incident, yeah. next thing you know, the whole show was about that kind of stuff. And then they yes. had the, the, the craziest people on there. Now, that was a thing. You just get them on there and it just became a thing where they were on there for five seconds and then everybody yes. started fighting. That was just, basically, it was like WWF on a talk show or WWE now as we know know it but well yeah that's exactly what it was it was a scripted show and for those of you listening to to our our show uh tonight kind of think of it and you never saw jerry springer kind of think of it this way the jerry springer show was the social media of its day Mm. it was the twitter of its day where you had people cussing on stage you had people fist fighting each other you had slander you had insults you had vitriol coming out of everyone's mouths that you had never heard before and jerry springer really again like i said was the social media of its day and he his show was one of the many shows that spawned like you just said, Eric, this whole attraction that we have with reality television, yeah. where we like seeing dysfunctional families, we like seeing dysfunction in society. As yeah. bad as it sounds, it's the old saying goes, give the people what they want. And Jerry Springer gave us what we wanted. And, well, it was a peak. It was kind of a peak behind the curtain, right? In the yes. sense of, you know, what, what we thought was really going yes. on maybe, you know, backstage or, or in people's homes, you know. It's like all of a sudden yes. the Jerry Springer show brought that out and put it on stage. And, yeah. of course, and you're talking about the social media, but it would bring out the, like, the worst case scenarios, right? And, and, yes, and it was scripted. I'm sure a lot of people on there were just yeah. on there to be on there, yeah. that it wasn't all organic. Um, yeah. 
But uh, the show did, I mean, it, it does, in a way, it has its own place in, in TV history for sure. Yeah. Um, the show ran, it says here, for 27 years. I didn't realize. I mean, wow, there was a point. I didn't know that either. Yeah, I mean, you know, I used to watch it. Like you say, you'd come home from school or whatever, you yeah. used to watch it. And then there was a point that I just kind of fell off. And I think it just got too, you know, too much of the repeating. And then by yeah. that time, you had a ton of shows that were doing that too, right? Because yep. when, when there's one success, now everybody's got to repeat it, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they all have to kind of do, they all kind of have to do the same thing but just put their own little touch on it, you know. And and Jerry himself was a real fascinating guy because, you know, he was the former mayor of Cincinnati, Ohio. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. And he was actually forced out of office because of a a prostitution scandal. I'm saying there's a scandal, right? Yeah. yeah. He paid paid for it. He uh, solicited prostitution, and so he was Mm. forced to relinquish his role as mayor. But, yeah, that's kind of what led him into doing the Jerry Springer show was his experiences with that. So, yeah, he was a really interesting guy. But he even admitted, you know, in a couple of interviews, a couple of years after the show ended that, you know, he he felt bad about mm. some of the stories that they had the had the participants imitate on stage. OK, because he knew that what what his show had been blamed for a number of years for a lot of behavior problems in middle America with families and kids behavior and everything like that. And he always shot everything down and always said, look, it's not my responsibility you know, that your kids are, are misbehaving because they're watching my show. Mm. You're the parents, you know? If you don't want your kids watching my show, don't have them watch the show because I'll be honest with you, my show's not for kids, yeah. all right? So don't blame me for your kids getting involved in fist fights and stealing guns and getting in knife fights and then, you know, pretending like they're KKK members and they're falling in love with their pets. You know, <laughs> don't blame me for that. And he well, was right. Well, he was right to a point. Now, I will say, you know, when you have a network, though, that sticks the show on at 3 o'clock in the afternoon and not true. like 10 o'clock at night, that, that show, okay, so I'll agree no to a FCC point. No FCC standards there. Now, as, as a as a young, young person, you know, that show was very interesting and fun to watch. But, you <laughs> right. know, I mean, if I was a parent, come on, I was, okay, 10 o'clock at night, yeah. you can put the show on, but not at, you know, not at the time. Come on, who's your audience? Who you're going for? People, kids right. are home from school. Anyway, right. but he did, uh, it did say that he, uh, I guess he passed away from uh, cancer. Bat- uh, pan- pancreatic cancer. Pancreatic that's cancer. that's a that's a yeah. tough one. Yeah. Um, but it, the family said that he had uh, was battling a, a brief illness. So I don't know. Hmm. Um, so there's kind of a couple different stories. The family saying it was a brief illness. They necessarily yeah. didn't necessarily in this article uh, from TMZ say exactly what it was. But sources are saying that it was from pancreatic cancer. Hmm. Okay. But that does hit you. I mean, I I had a family member pass away from that, and and it's one of those things that it, it gets you quick. I mean, you know, a lot of times you don't realize it. It's the silent killer, as they call it. So you know, I can see where they're saying it'd be brief because sometimes yeah. people don't even know they have it until yeah. uh, it's too late. Well, but, that, that's how we lost Patrick Swayze. Oh, that's true. Yeah, he he passed yeah. away from pancreatic and, cancer. And uh, uh, um, uh, oh, I'm blinking on his name. Doggone it, uh, Apple. Um, Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs. I was going to say Cook. I know it's not Tim Cook. It's not Tim Cook. He's still there. Yeah, right? Yeah, I kept thinking Tim Cook, but it's, yeah, Steve Jobs, too. Yeah. Um, so, anyway, but he did, uh, oh, and he also says here that he had a failed campaign for uh, U.S. Congress. I just saw this. In 1970. Oh, wow. Okay. So, and then he got elected, uh, said his- uh, Mayor of Cincinnati. Uh, the Cincinnati the, well, he went to the city council first in 71. Okay. Yeah, but anyway, so a show started in '91. It 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 was kind of a uh, I don't know what would you, what would you call it a monumental uh, a groundbreaking at the time yeah. uh, TV show and uh, it was it was groundbreaking at the time because no there was no TV talk show that was extremely salacious and as extremely. Um, 
uh, controversial as his was. Yeah. And some of the other shows that kind of spawned off of that were like the Jenny Jones show. And you also had uh, Ricky Lake had her own show that had a little mm. bit of dysfunction in it. So, yeah, everyone kind of borrowed from what Jerry did and put their own little spin on it. But, yeah, it was it was salacious. It was out of control. It was unfiltered. There was no holds barred. And I think the show made his bodyguard, Steve, famous. Oh, that's you right, know, remember Steve. Steve oh, sorry. Steve? Yeah, Steve. Always Steve. sat in the front row there, and he always yeah. pulled the people apart from each other. And, and I was going to say, yeah. too, uh, also the people that uh, – the, the people I haven't seen this show. I mean, if, if you were to look at Jerry, I mean, and he was a type two, he would never, he actually would always just be reacting to what was going on. I yeah. mean, it seemed like, you know, he wouldn't necessarily try to, he would ask questions, but he was, wasn't there to like poke and prod people. It's right, almost right. like he was there like, whoa, wait, whoa. He was always trying to be a peacekeeper and this stuff right. would just go off the rails right. uh, on the show. Um, it did say, it also says here though, that before uh, he had been, uh, hosting uh, a folk music show on a local radio station in Cincinnati. So I'm not sure. Huh, so that, I guess okay. that's what he was doing lately okay. uh, now in his, in his uh, later days. But All right, uh, interesting. he says his last TV appearance came from the last uh, season on The Masked Singer, huh. where he performed as uh, the Beatles singing a Frank Sinatra song. He, he didn't walk off stage and protest like Ken Jeong did. No, it doesn't say. Okay, good. <laughs> we'll talk about uh, that some other time. Right. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, we're sorry to hear that uh, that Jerry did pass. Yeah, rest uh, kind of a TV. Yeah, rest in peace, Jerry. Hope yeah, you throw TV a dozen, legend. Yeah, hope you throw a dozen chairs in heaven, my friend. Oh my gosh, yeah. Hey, uh, you had a, another story here. It looks mm -hmm. like uh, we're getting another Shrek. Oh Lord, what yes. is going on with this? I have no idea, but apparently, it sounds like there is. A Shrek 5 in the works. Yes. And it sounds like Mike Myers and Cameron Diaz and Eddie Murphy, the three original voice actors in the movies, are are on board for this. Are coming back. Yeah. Now, Eric, I posted this because, you know what, there's an old saying that goes, too much of a good thing is a bad thing. Mm. And I think that's the case here with Shrek. Okay. The first one is great. I love the first one. It's hilarious. It pokes so much fun at Disney and fairy tales that that's why it's so funny. The second one was tolerable. The third one, intolerable. I didn't oh, like wow. any of the Puss in Boots movies that spawned off of it. Really? I heard this last Puss in, Bo Puss yes. in Boots is really great. I haven't seen it yet, but I heard it's really great. It's not good? Oh, I haven't seen it, so I don't know that. Okay. I can't test it uh, out. Okay. But the four Shrek, okay, yeah, forget it. Don't even want to recall that I watched it. Mm. So, Eric, honestly, I don't know... You don't have high hopes. Uh, no, I don't have high hopes for this one. But again, I posted it in there because Shrek is popular and because Mike Myers is so good at what he does, which is voiceover, voice yeah. acting, imitations, characterizations. But then, of course, you got Eddie Murphy. Come on, Donkey. I can't even do it. Come on, Donkey. <laughs> Donkey, I can't even do his accent. I thought Welcome I had it. Welcome to my swamp. Get out you of here, Donkey. That that's the worst when you have, when you think in your head, you've got it right. down in your head, and then you try to like, like translates to your mouth from your right. brain to your mouth, and it sounds like something totally different. It you know, does. I've had that happen. <laughs> yeah, it's and not in good. In the morning, I'm making waffles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, hey, yeah. Hey, Shrek, let's go have fun. You yeah. Know? Hey. Now, just to put kind of a further uh, clarification on this, it looks like this is going to be directed by the same guy who did the Despicable Me movies. Oh. Ooh, those yeah. are good movies. Chris Melodondri is his name. He oh, directed wow, yeah. the Despicable Me movies. I guess he's on board to direct the Shrek 5. 
And it looks like um, the original cast members will be back. Mike Myers, Cameron Diaz, Eddie Murphy. No uh, confirmation here on if, when they're going to do pre-production or when this is going to get out on theaters. But apparently it's been discussed and it's going to happen. Yeah, it also said here, uh, here that uh, Melon Dondry uh, has a good reason to be optimistic following the success of the 2022 Shrek spinoff, mm-hmm. Puss in Boots, The Last Wish. Okay. Um, so, yes, yeah, so that, that one did really well. So, hmm. hmm. You know, I, I do have more hope for this than I do Disney's Toy Story uh, 6, 5, 4. Which one's coming out? Five? Toy Story 5. Toy Story 5 coming out. I know. Yeah. There's so many of them. Disney, Disney's not doing too good on their animated movies lately. No, so I, I, I don't know. I would actually rather go see this. I've always liked the Shrek series. I okay. mean, maybe they're not the best movies you know, after the first one, but, but I think they're all pretty tolerable. I, I like them. Yeah, yeah, like I said, the second one's tolerable. The third one left something to be desired. The fourth one, I won't even utter it in this presence because I just hated it that much. <laughs> well, hey, talking about uh, uh, sequels here, uh, did you hear there might be a new Dodgeball coming out? I did hear that. Yeah, they're, uh, uh, they're actually saying that there is uh, a sequel mm-hmm. to the uh, classic Dodgeball okay. reportedly in the works. So it doesn't really say there's really nothing yet as far as like what the plot would be and necessarily who all of the characters. But they do say that Vince Vaughn uh, would be returning as mm-hmm. Peter Lafleur. <laughs> yeah. Uh, still, is it going to be still a true underdog story or is it going to be? I don't know. Okay. What can they do at this point, you know? Uh, another underdog story? <laughs> uh, continue an underdog story? I, I, I really, know. I, I got to be honest with you. I, I love Dodgeball. I don't know how in this environment that movie, that type of movie with that humor could be made again. That was very crass humor. You're right about <laughs> yeah. that. I mean, you're right about that. There's... Are we seeing a, a swing back to this type of humor, you think? Or I feel bad or saying, no i feel bad in saying this but god i hope so <laughs> <laughs> i mean look as bad as that sounds i mean sometimes it's absolutely hilarious i'm gonna make, I'm gonna make a confession i don't even know what what was dodgeball do you remember what it was rated was it rated like r oh it was rated r was it rated r it was rated r oh my gosh i didn't even realize yeah. it so we're watching it i have my eight-year-old daughter <laughs> well what happened is i thought hey let's we're, we're trying to get movies right we're scanning through the movies yeah, right yeah. oh no i don't want to see that no 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 oh let's yeah. try dodgeball we started watching it, and I was like, uh, turn it off. I forgot how, how you know, it's funny in your mind. You're mm-hmm. thinking, oh, it had some jokes. It was funny, but I yep. didn't remember all the gags, and, man, I had to turn right. that thing off pretty quick, you know, because it had more adultish type humor, and so right. uh, I forgot about that. I'm a bad <laughs> yeah. parent. I know. What can I say? Well, hey, if you're a bad parent, then so am I, because I'm the one who condones this type of comedy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the one who condones this did you, type did of you have Did you have your daughter watch it? Yeah. Hells to the no. <laughs> and she'll well, never watch it. This is, this is. It. I mean, the original Dodgeball is a funny movie. We should yes. do a review on that. Uh, retro one, review. A retro review on yes. that movie. Okay. Uh, because it is a classic. It. it definitely is a classic. I love that movie. Okay. I'm, I'm a little worried, yeah, they might try to reinvent the wheel here with, yeah. you know, those kind of movies are good, one and done. I don't know if they can... If they can repeat it. You know what, Eric? I don't know why, but all of a sudden I started thinking about the Hangover trilogy Mm. and how the first Hangover film is so classic and how it is so crude and crass in its humor. And then the second one came out and it was just like, okay, so you're making the Hangover, but only in Thailand. 
with similar humor that's not funny anymore. Yeah. Then they go back to the third one where they set the movie back in Las Vegas again. They try and use similar humor all over again, but it works even worse than the second film. So I'm hoping that this isn't going to be a continuous thing here where they try and kind of where they try to resuscitate a lot of the same humor from you know the first what? one. I've got the story. It just dawned on me. Okay, what's they that? They have Patches O'Houlihan. Remember him? <laughs> yes. They have Patches O'Houlihan yep. come back, or not come back. They have his great, like, great-grandson at this point, probably, right. like, you know, my granddad was the, you know, Patches O'Houlihan, and I just want to be a great volley or a volleyball, dodgeball player like he. Right. So they have him uh, hook up with Vince Vaughn, who was the champion. Nobody champion, will take yep. this kid because he's some geeky kid. Yep. And have him hook up with Vince Vaughn, where they and somehow he gets Vince Vaughn. You know, he says, "No, no, no, I don't want to do it." Yeah. The hero's journey. He yeah. forces him or pulls him somehow, pulls him back in. Yeah, uh, by circumstances to do him and his friends, and they he makes them like he's the coach, kind of like the bad news bears of right. dodgeball. Right, right. That's about as funny as a bleep flavored lollipop. <laughs> Come on. Uh, you remember and that And then line. we put Captain Shaw in there with his Borg body. I can't. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> you and that Star man Trek. crush on Todd Stashwick, oh, man. Oh, my gosh. Hey, hey but, we, got, we got time for just one more quick story. You had yeah. a quick story about a spy. Uh, this was an interesting one. You, you oh. told me about this, and I go, what is oh, going on here? Okay. Man, Eric, this completely flipped me out. I mean, so much so that I wanted to sing Sunrise Sunset from Fiddler on the Roof. <laughs> okay. That should be a clue as to what I'm going to talk about here. Sunrise. Yes sunset so okay so fiddler on the roof okay one of the most popular broadway uh, one of the most popular stage and movie musicals of all time mm. we know that topol not only portrayed the legendary character teve on stage now fiddler there's just for people who maybe yeah. may not be familiar with right. give just a quick so fiddler on the roof is a story about so fiddler on the roof is a story about um is a story about a jewish man who is trying to keep his family together? And I now refresh my mind, Eric, because it's mm. been a while. But isn't he opposed to the marriage of his daughter to one of the towns? I think so, yeah. Well, like one of the boys from the town. Yeah. Something. But yeah, and so, but what made the move? What's made the the musical so popular is that it's kind of a. Uh, it's been kind of a amalgamism of of societal norms and how we view different cultures, different mm. societies, and how we accept them, and especially with family culture and how families differ in terms of their cultural beliefs, religious beliefs, et cetera, et cetera. And, and kind of them uh, navigating that whole... that Navigating that whole com complex issue of how you accept others into your family yeah. and accept their beliefs as well. It may sound boring, but the music is great in the film and the stage production as well. But at any rate, Topol... The actor Topol portrayed the character Teve both on stage and in the film version of mm. Fiddler on the Roof, which was directed by Norman Jewison. Well, Eric, I read a story earlier this week that just flipped my lid. Topol, apparently, and this story came out on avclub.com. So apparently Topol, the legendary Topol, was moonlighting when he was alive as a... A uh, secret agent for Israel's Mossad. What? For those of you who don't know, Mossad is Israel's version of the CIA. They're an yeah. intelligence agency. And so apparently what Topol would do is uh, he would, um, according to Deadline, reporting on an announcement the family made this week, just a month or so after Chaim Topol, most known professionally just by his last name, died, said announcement revealed that in the midst of all the massive theatrical success, um, Topol served or participated in several missions for Mossad, the intelligence agency of his native Israel. A lot of that information would include um, he would take pictures or deliver documents without anybody oh thinking gosh. anything other than, oh, bleep, Teve, 
Here's uh, Topol's son, Omer, describing some of what his dad got up to over the years. So it's his son that's that's given, given the story out? Son is, 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 He's the, given, given up his uh, the, dad's uh, secret identity? Yeah, the, the, son, <laughs> the son is squealing like a pig on this one. So he said, and oh my gosh. to quote his son here, and I'm not going to read this because it's a lengthy quote. I'll read part of it. He says, quote, I don't know exactly what the appropriate definition is for the missions and duties he performed, mm. he being Topol, but what is clear is that dad was involved in secret missions on behalf of Mossad. His status, his status in those years was that of an international star and he could go anywhere he wanted. He had the ability to deliver documents and take pictures uh, without anyone questioning anything, but he was no James Bond or anything like that. So it, it was basically because, like, with this, uh, uh, with the play, they were traveling yes. all over, maybe the world, right, at this yeah. point? Well, it was a traveling world production at the time. Okay, yeah. so traveling all mm-hmm. over the world, and, and so, oh, so he was being used mm-hmm. as kind of a, a, a courier. Mossad used him as a spook, yeah. essentially is what they did, to get gather inside uh, intel and send it off to Mossad. Yeah, and when I read that, Eric, I was just, holy bleep. I mean, like, literally something out of Hollywood. You can't yeah. write this. And automatically, I thought about the old game show host for the gong show chuck barris oh that's right remember chuck barris was he cia he was cia yeah you know and in fact the movie that george clooney produced about um his life called um uh sam rockwell portrayed chuck my name is barry or something um no no no. it's called um not good night and good luck that's one about edward r murrow um, but at any rate, I thought about Chuck Barris, and mm. I'm just like, oh, my God, this is crazy. Topol? Yeah. It's like of all the people in the world you would expect to be a secret agent, Topol's the last guy you would think of, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, this this is this is kind of amazing. I think this right. goes on probably more than what we realize. Confessions I mean, of a Dangerous Mind is oh, the movie oh, yeah, 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 about yeah, Chuck right. Barris. I'm that's sorry. right. That's right. I'm sorry. So let's go on. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah. That's, you know, this probably goes on a lot more than, than we yep. realize. I mean, yeah. And this does sound like a movie because I remember this kind of plot was in right. the uh, uh, Rocketeer, right? You remember that because yeah. the, the main actor, which was played by Dalton uh, back then, what was his name? Timothy uh, Dalton. Timothy Dalton played yeah. this this actor, but he was actually a spy. He was a Nazi spy. A Nazi spy. Yeah, yeah. it's like, oh man, this stuff probably goes on all yeah. the time. We don't even know. This is crazy. Yeah, and I, it, what makes it even crazier is that Topol. I mean, is Teve, and Teve was such a lovable character. Oh, yeah. And I mean, you know, again, Fiddler on the Roof, okay, you may think it's a great musical, you may think it's a boring musical, but it's popular. It became a global phenomenon because of Topol in part. And so when you look at Topol, you just look at that big, happy Jewish guy or Israeli guy, and you say to yourself, how in the heck could this guy be a spy? Well, you know, and the other question I have is that did he do it... um did he do it wanting, or did he? Was he forced to do this? You know, there's a that's a question too. That's the million dollar question, my friend. And the story does not elaborate on whether mm. he was forced into service or whether he did it out of his own free will. Yeah. So, wish I could tell you. Yeah, yeah. That that is interesting. I tell you, sometimes you just never know, right? Right. I mean, exactly. Like- <laughs> Whoa, that's hey, our secret agent clue. That is our clue. Yes. Uh, get all your documents ready. We're going to you know, take pictures of them and do whatever you have to do and send them out to who you need to send them out to. And beware, CIA, we're hey, coming home. I will tell you this. If you guys want to hear our secrets, go to our social media sites, which are Facebook at Pardon the Intermission and Twitter at PTI underscore podcast. That's right. You got it down. Yes. yes. I got it now. Hey, guys, thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed the show. We yep. will see you next time. Don't forget to rate us. God bless. That's right. Review the show. I forget that. Do it please it helps us helps us out god bless peace out bye hey thank you so much for listening now i want you to go check out one of the other best podcasts around it's called the no focus radio hour 
It has comedy and insight from the greatest minds in the know. And how do I know? Well, because I'm part of that great show also. So please go check it out. It's available on all your podcasting apps. The No Focus Radio Hour.